Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Let's turn to 1 Peter. Nah, let's not go to 1 Peter right away. Let's go to Isaiah 58. And then we'll go to 1 Peter. So if you're already there, go ahead and put one of your banners. If you have one of those in your Bible, you're one, a banner. Yeah, these are, these are my little mini banners. Amen. It's the only ones that we can use here in this smaller facility. It is possible that we'll allow for them in the new building when we move in in December 2020. Can you say amen? I'm sorry, when are you moving in? December 2020. Yeah, 2020, not 21, 2020, this year, right, 48, 9, 49 weeks from now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so in Isaiah 58, and then we'll go to 1 Peter, and we'll read that. Isaiah 58 is a description of true and false fasting, and I preached on this not long ago. And um, I want to take it from verse 3. It's God's people talking. Why have we fasted, they say, and you've not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls? You've not taken notice. In fact, on the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. That's why. Okay, so this is like the Lord answering. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. In other words, there's another way to fast that is a way to make your voice heard on high. Do you understand what he's saying? Because well, you, you fast the wrong way, that's not going to work. Verse 5. Verse 5. Is it a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul, to bow his head down like a bulrush, to spread out like sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast, an acceptable day of the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? And then he goes on to say some of the things that happen in a real fast, a, a true fast. To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you'd break every yoke. How many yokes? Every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Is it freezing in here? Very good. Let's just enjoy that for a second because I don't think that's happened too often. Hallelujah. God, thank you. You're amazing after that incredibly hotter than H-E hot double hockey stick summer that we had. It's the first time in all the years that I've pastored I've seen people using fans this summer. But I see people like kind of buttoning up a little bit right now. So anyway, that, thank you so much, Minister Wonderful. I've got a lot of fans going on in my life right now. And so I'm just, I'm going to do without one for right now. If you don't understand that, just pray in tongues or something. I don't know what to tell you. So I'm not going to say not one more thing about it. Not one more thing, Pastor Kirsten. No. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a slippery slope right now. 
going to slip right into the river. Thank you. Verse 7. Everybody say verse 7. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry that you bring into your house to pour and the cast out? When you see the naked, you cover him. Not hide your face from your own flesh. Then, then your light will break forth like the morning. Your healing will spring forth speedily. Your righteous and your righteousness shall go before. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and He will say, "Here I am." Before we get to the main text, First Peter one, verse twenty three. We're in this fasting, and time of fasting and prayer. And I don't know what your life has been like since you've given your heart to Jesus. Now, if you've not given your heart to Jesus, by the way, we do have notes. And uh, if you don't have those, if you'd get the attention of the ushers, they'll bring that to you. Just raise your hand. They'll bring that to you. Fill in the blanks as we go along. Thank you so much. Notes are coming. I don't know what's, if you understand what's really happened as a result of being born again, giving your life to Jesus. And you've not done that, then, then there will be an opportunity, as there is at the end of every single service we do here, to get right with God. And maybe that would be the first time that you would pray the sinner's prayer, what we call the sinner's prayer. It's really a formula for believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and repenting of your sins. Somebody said, is the sinner's prayer in the Bible? No, it's not, but the principles of it are. And uh, believing that Jesus died in your place, that God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe, whosoever, that's anybody, whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. From that verse, there's a perishing. We understand that. And then there's an everlasting life that, that, you know, heaven. And so if you've never given your life to Jesus, at the end, we'll give you an opportunity. If you have given your life to Christ to really understand what's taken place, that he came to take up resonance on the inside of you, that you are a new creature, a new creation in Christ. And as a new creation in Christ, understanding who you are, you're not the old guy. You're not the old gal. You're new. The Bible tells us to put on the new man and make no provision for the flesh thereof. The Bible tells us that we should grow in the knowledge of God. And there's lots and lots of scripture to tell us how we should grow and the things that we should gain and the things that we should get rid of. And as I was praying and, and preparing a message on fasting, I, I, I heard the Lord tell me to preach this message on dealing with gossip and slander. And if you, if you feel like you're an inspiration, if you've inspired me for this, you're right, you have. Amen. So, I wonder if, yeah, well, that's probably the Holy Spirit jacking you up. You're being arrested. Handcuffs in the Holy Ghost are coming to help you. Dealing with gossip and slander. Because you can fast, restrict yourself from food, giving yourself to prayer, and still be a bucket mouth and not see the kind of breakthrough that God wants to bring. So there's, there's, there's true fasting, false fasting, and gossip and slander is huge. I mean, all news programs are based on gossip and slander. They have like whole ratings and television that are based on, on the amount of, you know, gossip and slander that's pervaded. All right. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. And if you'd stand upon your feet, which I pray are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And again, if they are not, stick around. Facebook lost its mind again, got a devil or something. And so we are streaming on YouTube. 
and Facebook has crashed. We've had numerous challenges. I appreciate our media department that make everything possible, reaching hundreds and hundreds of people over the World Wide Web. And so we're thankful for all your hard work down there and greetings to those of you online. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. If you're all there, say amen. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which live and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all the, the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flowers falls away, flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Go to chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is good. I want to read the New International Version. Verse 2 of the NIV. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, Grow up. Go ahead. Go up. Okay, praise God. Let's pray. Father, move in power. We thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're all supposed to grow up. I'm offended. Ah, you were offended when he came out of the womb and got a slap on your backside by the doctor. Get over it. Grow up. Come on, somebody say grow up. <laughs> Look at this crowd on a Sunday night. I, I can't help but be, I'm, I'm so glad I didn't listen to the experts when we first got here. The experts said, can't have Sunday nights. Ain't no people in Alaska coming to church on Sunday night. So just say hi to all the no people that are all around you. Go ahead. Hey, baby. Hey, we're so glad you're here. No one. Hundreds of people here. Because you're born again, you're to get rid of certain things that's right in your notes. Get rid of certain things because you're a new creation and the old is gone. There's a renewing of your mind that has to take place. And in that, I mean, it's like, Anybody watch movie credits? Old, old school movie credits were long. Now, I mean, they got like key grips, best friend, uh, you know, glove holder, assistant. Does, any, does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like the, 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 the credits go like forever. And then when you think they're done, then it goes into like all these special effects and the notes go forever. I feel like in my life, I've given my life to Jesus, but it's just, it's like they keep coming. Yep, now you're, you're still selfish. Deal with that. Deal with that. And then on and on and on, constantly the Holy Spirit lovingly trying to guide me to become more like Christ. I feel like those credits, they just, they just never end. So we're supposed to get rid of certain things. So now that Jesus lives on the inside of you, you're supposed to be different than the world. Supposed to act differently. The text tells us to crave pure spiritual milk, like a like a newborn baby. So let's look at this, and specifically, I want to deal with slander. 
And uh, slander is a real, pro- a real problem. It's a great problem in our culture. And it's a tragedy because people write stories based upon them what they perceive. Or based upon, I mean, our government is fraught with all kinds of gossip and slander right now. It's just ongoing. It's hard to sift through the, it's hard to sift through it all. You're like, what is actually true? You know, I've pastored for a while, not as long as some, maybe longer than others. But I will tell you, there's like, I don't know, how many sides to one story? Yeah, there's always two, no, there's like way more than two sides. People's perceptions and the way that they see things and the way they understand things, going through the filter of their experience based upon their prejudices and their woundings. And I mean, and it's on and on and on and on and on. You ever play the, the, the game uh, telephone? I mean, we could do it now, but it'd just be hysterical. We might as well just laugh right now. Just go ahead and laugh. Okay. Yeah, because you can say one thing to one person, have it passed down, and it's like you get to the end and you get... Jimmy cracked corn, and I don't care. That, 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 that's, that's the message. You're like, what? <laughs> Gossip and slander. People have perceptions about others. And people spoke slander against Jesus even from the beginning and slander against the church. What is slander? I'm, I'm glad you asked. It's, it's associated with gossip. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The Apostle Paul, on both occasions, ties in, in 2 Corinthians 12 and Romans 1, 30, ties gossip and slander together. 2 Corinthians 12, 20, I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you as, a, as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. <laughs> I like that. That's, do you understand what he's saying? He's like, he's writing, when I come, I'm afraid I'm not going to find you like you're supposed to be. And then he's saying, And you sure as heck don't want to see how I'm going to be if you're not going to be like you're supposed to be. In other words, he's coming and saying, you're all going to get spanked. You understand? Dad's coming. That's what he's saying. He says, I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfies. I mean, selfish ambition. (laughs) Slander gossip, arrogance, and disorder. If you go to 2 Corinthians 3, and I'll just paraphrase for the sake of time, the Apostle Paul's talking to the church in Corinth, and he tells them, there's envy and strife among you. You're behaving like mere men. I remember when I read that, I'm like, what is Paul saying? A mere man. Because he's basically saying, you're not a mere man. Just a man. I'm just a man. Well, not if you're a believer, you're not just a man. When I say man, I mean mankind. You're not just a man. You're Superman. Because he put his super on you. Man. He comes and lives on the inside of you. So when he comes to live on the inside of you, he makes you new. You're born again. You're made new. Then you're not a mere man. You're a child of the living God. Come on, you've been grafted in and and, and adopted. You've been filled with the same spirit as Jesus raised from the dead. Come on, come on, somebody. So as a result of that, you shouldn't act like a baby. Your mama ever tell you that? Quit acting like a child. Romans 1 and 30. Slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, 
and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents, and it goes on. Gossip and slander are tied together like two sides of the same coin. It's described in a number of Greek words. Speaking against, let me define it for you, speaking against someone or defaming someone. This is the word that we get, defaming them. The actual Greek word is the word that's also used for blasphemy. Bearing false witness. Where does slander come from? Well, I'm so glad you asked. The, the devil, Diablo, that's who it comes from. Comes from the devil, and hopefully he's not on the inside of you. Mark 7. But if he is, we can set you free and cast that out too. Hallelujah. The hardest thing is when you got a Christian that's got a devil. Now that, that's Mark 7. What comes out of verse 22, what comes, uh, pardon me, verse 21. Verse 20b. What comes out of a person is what defiles them, verse 21. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Luke 6 and 45, where does slander and gossip come from? It comes from an evil heart. A good man brings out the things out of the good he stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings out the things of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks, but what the heart is full of. Yeah, you don't want to be full of it. Where does it come from? It comes from hatred. Psalm 109, verse 3. It comes from idleness. 1 Timothy 5, 13. Talking about busybodies and those who talk nonsense, saying things that they not ought to, people that are idle. Women specifically is talking about in 1 Timothy 5.13. Where does slander and gossip come from? Well, it, the, the wicked are addicted to it, says Psalm 50, verse 20. You sit and testify against your brother. You slander your, mother, your own mother's son. Hypocrites are addicted to it. Proverbs 11, verse 9. With their mouths, the godless destroy their neighbors, but through knowledge, the righteous escape. Envy, pardon me, gossip and slander are characteristics of the devil. Listen, this is going to end up stinging just a little bit. Because when you, listen, somebody said to me, somebody said at the end of, I think the, the I don't, I don't, it was one of our 15 services at the end of today. And they said, they said, I am so enjoying the meat of the word. Just so enjoyed, just so convicted and changed. My life's been changed since I got here. And I thought, my, you know what, the meat of the word, the meat of the word is hearing a word that impacts you in such a way that you're like, oh, or challenges you onto godliness or convicts you of sin and convicts you of status quo and mediocre, weak, lame, apathetic Christianity. It's a characteristic of the devil. Revelation 12 and 10. And heard a voice from heaven that says, Now has come salvation and the power of the kingdom of God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of the brothers and sisters who accuses them day and night before God has been hurled down. 
In Psalm 52 and verse 4, it says, The wicked love gossip and slander. In Proverbs 10 and 12, those who indulge in it are idiots. Actually, it says fools, but I like idiot better, and Pastor Karen is not here tonight, so... So if you give yourself to gossip and slander, you're a fool. Have nothing to do with fools. Hey, settle down back there. What's going on? Women are warned against it, which we'll get into in a little bit. Titus 2, 3. We'll get into it later. Hang on. I'm going to try to offend evenly across the board, women and men, children as well tonight. Ministers' wives, 1 Timothy 3, 11. Ministers' wives should avoid gossip and slander. Actually, it's a disqualification of your ministry. Saints should keep their tongues from gossip and slander. Psalm 34, verse 13, as well as 1 Peter 3, 10. Should lay aside gossip and slander. Ephesians 4, 31. Should be warned against gossip and slander. Titus 3, 1 and 2. Should give no occasion for gossip and slander. 1 Peter 2, 12. 1 Peter 3, 16. Should return good for gossip and slander when somebody gossip and slanders again. This is right. This is just a word. You look up all of these scriptures if you, if you want to. Should return good, 1 Corinthians 4.13. Should be counted as blessed for enduring gossip and slander, Matthew 5.11. Should not be listened to. Don't listen to gossip and slander, 1 Samuel 24.9. Gossip and slander causes anger, Proverbs 25.23. The effects of gossiping slander separates the closest of friends. Oh, I've been through that. Proverbs 16, 28. Proverbs 17, 9. Gossip and slander brings deadly wounds. Proverbs 18. Proverbs 26. Gossip and slander brings strife. Proverbs 26. Discord and division among brothers and sisters. Proverbs 6 and 19. Gossip and slander is an aspect of murder. Wow. Gossip and slander to the tongue is a scourge. Gossip Proverbs 5 and 22. It's venomous. Psalm 140, verse 3, Ecclesiastes 10 and 11. It's destructive. Gossip and slander is destructive. The end, the end of gossip and slander. Oh, this is intense right here. The end of gossip and slander. I gotta read this to you. This is this is like a bit of a revelation here. Ecclesiastes 10. Never saw this before. Verse 13. At the beginning of their words are folly, but at the end they are madness. That literally, and I have seen this of my couple decades of pastoring, those that gossip and slander at the end of it go crazy. It's sowing seeds of craziness. Gossip liars pay close pay close attention to slander. Gossip and liars do, Proverbs 17. Men shall give an account for it, Matthew 12, 36. So what do you mean by that? That means you're going to stand before a holy God to give an account for your mouth. It's a potential problem for everyone, and here's what we have to understand. That we will all be severely judged for gossip and slander. So don't... don't don't mess with that because it'll undermine your fast. And it'll cause you to go to hell. Go ahead and say hi to your neighbor. Say, man, I'm so glad I came here tonight. Praise the Lord. Woo, going to be severely judged. We should just all start repenting right now. I've gotten cured of it. Have you? 
Gossip and slander will destroy your life. It'll make you crazy. Matthew 5 and 21. Well, let's take it from 22. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother or sister is subject to the judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. Anyone who says, you fool, be danger of hellfire. Raka is a defaming word. You're calling someone a moral fool. I, I've been tempted to do that many times. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that even now that maybe I was right in understanding that they were moral fools. But my pastor a number of years ago, this is Dr. Morocco, and somebody did something and and uh, it was really wrong. And it hurt lots of people. This is many years ago. And I said, oh, man. God, I was mad, you know. And I just thought, Lord, just set him on fire or something, Jesus. <laughs> I know. I've matured a little bit since then. <laughs> Dr. Morocco says to me, uh, he says, not like that, Pastor Daniel. I said, oh, no, I know. Yeah, Amen. Praise God. And he said, I'll never forget what he said. He said, never make eternal decisions about people. Let God do that. He said, we just pray. This misunderstanding. They're, 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 they're not the devil. The enemy's using them right now, but they probably don't even realize it. Man, you know, doctor, I've never, I've never heard him say a bad thing. I have never heard my pastor, Dr. Marco, or a global believer, I've never, not once, heard him say anything bad about anybody. My wife and I were talking about that, and I, I can't say that, but, but maybe you can. You know, honestly, can you before the Lord? My mother, she just never... Okay, I, my kids... Well, anyway. <laughs> Paul and Timothy, 1 Timothy 5.13. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 11. Let's take it from 1 Timothy, verse 11. As for the younger widows, do not put them on such a list. For when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, oh, they want to marry. Verse 12. Thus they bring judgment on themselves because they've broken their first pledge. I don't want to get into all that. Verse 13. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. Now, in my opinion, I've found, I have to like, I have to build a foundation first. Amen. <laughs> Women are relational way more than men. And they have, they have shown that women have a lot more words than men. How many of you ladies know what I'm talking about? I'm not, I'd let, you know, a couple weeks, a week or so ago, I asked the men to amen me on something. They just stared there and looked at me. So I ain't even asking you guys, because y'all just going to stick your hands in your pockets and let me be stoned. I know what's going to on. Like, oh, no, I ain't even. But you ladies know. You talk a lot more than your husband or, or you talk a lot more than men. That's a glorious gift. Amen. It is. No, it is. It, it really is. Praise God. Ability to 
feel and communicate and talk. And, you know, if you, if you talk to, if you talk to a woman about her day, she'd be like, well, I got up and it was just, I, you know, just praise the Lord while I lied there for, you, you just wanted to hear about, you know, what happened at work, but it starts from the toast and the eggs and, and the chickens and then the, and, 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 you know, you had to scrape some of the burnt stuff off the toast and then the car, the car took a little while to start, but when it did, and then, you, you know, you're into the whole thing and it's this swirl of like chapters, this incredible day. Well, if you ask a guy, like, I was, it was pretty good, it was hard, hard day, it was cold out there, you know, it's whoo, whoo, cold, ah, praise God. Get any more coffee? You know, I mean, the guys are, guys are very, they're very simple. Did you know, did you know that, that in, in the corporate world, that they, they have to teach women who have gone into corporations at high levels, there is actually a class, and it's called Speaking Man. No, I'm being serious. You guys think I'm joking. I'm not joking. Because if you become a corporate, a woman in the corporate world and you're dealing with a lot of men, of course there's women there too now. There, didn't, there wasn't years ago. But you're, if, you, if you're a woman and you get raised up in a corporate world and you need to deal with executives and men, you need to learn to speak their language, which is very few words. Just right to the point. And some men have more words than others, but, but generally speaking... Women are relational and nurturing, and there's a tendency to talk more. Let's have a praise break, because I'm feeling tension. <laughs> In 1 Peter 1 and 22, there's this progression of thought. So let me, let me, let me, let me say this to you. Eight things, how to deal with gossip and slander. Eight things how to deal with the gospel and slander. From verse 22, it says, Now you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for one another, love one another deeply from the heart. This is, this is 1 Peter, verse 22. So the first thing, how to deal with gossip and slander, well, first of all, love people. Love them. Love them from the heart. You know, if you really love somebody, you're not going to be gutting them like a fish. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you really care for someone, it's, not, then it's going to be so much easier for you to not to talk stink about them. Stink is a Hawaiian term. It'll be easy for you not to gossip and slander if you really love someone. The devil is a slanderer. How many of you have ever been through a church split? Raise your hand if you've been through a church split. I will tell you, we'll never have one. We won't ever have one. Amen. Why is that? Because we won't ever have one. We won't allow it. I have a zero strife policy. Now that's as far as, what I mean by that is, as far as it depends on me. I will not allow for strife and gossip and division. I don't allow for it. But that doesn't mean I hear everything. I'm so glad I don't. But I want you to have a zero strife policy. All of my leaders, hear me, zero strife policy. We don't allow for backbiting, don't allow for gossip, don't allow for back, backstabbing. Backbiters are backstabbers that misplace their knife. How many of you know what that is? Okay. Don't allow for it. Somebody wants to talk about someone, come on, you need to increase your love. Love. Everybody say love from the heart. Love from the heart. Crave the milk of the word, First Peter 2. Like newborn babes craves pure spiritual milk so that by you may grow up in your salvation. Listen, if you're in the Word, 
You know, as you're in the Word consistently, you'll have the results of the Word coming out of your life. If you're not in the Word, it's easier to get off track. It's easier, it's easier to get off the beam if you're not in a viable relationship, growing in the Word, you know, coming to church, learning the Word. Listen, for some of you that can't help yourself because you're just a bucket mouth, this message is going to really help you because you're going to realize you're going to stand before a holy God who's going to judge you for your gossip and your slander, and then you're going to be convicted because you realize it's coming out of your evil, wicked heart, and you're going to be convicted because you realize you don't have love, and you're going to be really like, oh my gosh, I really love Jesus. I think I have a problem. Jesus, help me. I repent, God, and you won't be so fast to rip people up one side and commit character assassination and hurt people because you love them. Because you're hearing a message like this. It's a pure milk of the word, and when you drink it, it just does something on the inside of you. Come on, because if you're really saved, you really love God, you don't want to continue to be a moral fool. There's a right way to confront. And if everybody would just turn to this passage, we didn't read it, but we should read it now, because this will help a lot of people. Matthew 18. Such a simple word. I know many of you know it, and I've... I've shared a message similar to this before, but it was so on my heart tonight as the Holy Spirit said, you you need to help people so they don't false fast for 21 days. Might as well let them hear the word. No sense in fasting and being a gossip mouth. Might as well eat food and then go to hell with a full belly. Amen. Did I say that? You don't want to go to hell and you don't want to be a gossip and a slander. Matthew 18. (laughs) moreover if your brother sins against you go and tell him his fault between you and him alone you and him and facebook no no you and him and insta no you and him and you let everybody on your twitter feed know what they said i can't can't stand that kind of communication where it's you know hidden right i've just i just picked on it just a little bit ago, where people post and they're like, praise God for true friends who really listen to you. (laughs) And, you know, the person that's also on your feed looks at it, and they're the ones that you're at aught with, and you just had an argument about an hour before, and they're like, you know, you're like throwing a stone at them. Why don't you man up or woman up and and do Matthew 18, 15? Not you in Twitter, not you in Facebook, not not you in Insta, Insta Snap. You and him alone. You and him what? Alone. Well, it says him, so I guess then women don't need to participate. No, it's everybody. (laughs) If he or she hears you, you have gained a brother or a sister. Understand what it's saying. But if he'll not hear you, take one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he or she refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Let's stop and define church. But you understand what is happening. So if I have a problem with Minister Barry, and we've done this. We've had some challenges. And it was mostly my fault, I think, just about all of it. But it's true. (laughs) But he knows me, and he knows my heart. And so he said, you know, Pastor, we need to talk. We sit down and we talk, and then we pray, and I'd repent or I don't think I ever had to. You never had to repent, I don't think. Anyway, whatever. Maybe, may you never have to. Amen. 
and we worked it out. Now, what would happen? What would happen? And let's just say we're brothers, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not the pastor. There's some different rules. You can begin to bring accusation against a leader. That's different. It's a little different. But just as a brother in Christ, if I wasn't to listen to you, the next thing you would do is maybe bring your wife. And then we all sit down. And now I've got two people telling me, you ugly, you ugly, you G-L-E-L-L, why you ugly, you ugly. You understand? And then it's a greater possibility for me to go, oh, okay, I guess you're right, you know. Oh, and then repent. But if, if then they didn't listen, as it, then what? Then you take that and you go to the next rung of leadership. That's, thank you, Minister Barry. That's the church. That's not, can I borrow the mic, Pastor? Can I borrow the mic? I want to borrow the mic. Bubba talked about me. And, and you tell hundreds of people and thousands online, and you de- there's no Bubba in the church, and if you are here, I, I'm not talking about you. You don't rip Bubba, right? Tell it to the churches, literally bring it to leadership. And, I, and, and honestly, we've had to, I've had to mediate on many situations. And the church should do that as opposed to it goes off to court. Wouldn't it be great to solve things so you don't have to have a lawyer bill? One of the problems is the authority of the church and leadership has been so undermined that people actually don't put their trust in leadership and then they actually have to spend all kinds of money on lawyers, some of which are ripping you off to get the result and you could have resolved it. If you had just listened and obeyed both parties, and it does take two or, again, three. Learn this. If somebody, if you're offended and something happened or someone talked about you, do Matthew 18, 15. Confront correctly. Confront what? Correctly. And there's people that don't want to lose face, but confrontation is very important. And it's important to protect people. Even in, their, even in their foolishness, protect them. You know, years ago, uh, as I was coming up, and some of you know my story, but um, I have a radical story of God's deliverance. And early on, you know, I, people in the church, I mean, I got saved in this church, you know, in a different, another location. We're one church in many locations, but I got saved in this church. And so... As God elevated me, I became a life group leader, and I would encourage all of you to participate in a team or a life group or participate in serving God somewhere here in this great church because it's an aspect of your discipleship. And if you don't learn to serve, then you'll, you'll never really grow in the maturity that God wants you to grow in. A lot of people don't get connected in a church. Amen. So as I was coming up, there came opportunities for life group leaders to pray for, for people that were up front, which was like this huge opportunity to me. So people would come up, just like we do here. It's the same model. People would come up and, to get prayer. And uh, the life group leaders had the opportunity to pray for, the, pray for people to get healed. And so I remember working on the left-hand side, moving towards the center, and I, I laid hands, I went to lay hands on this person and they're weeping and they're crying and they're like, oh, thank God, and thank God, you're praying for me, we pray for me. And I, they lifted their hand, I prayed for them and man, they got a miracle, boom. And I know what it was, they, they said, thank God, you're praying for me, Daniel. I said, oh, come on, let's get it. They were filled with faith. In their mind, their perception of who I was was I was a man of God. I got about three rows down, three people down, 
to somebody who saw me do a Pete Rose slide into the altar on the first Sunday that I came. You know who Pete Rose is? He's this basketball player that had some issues. But he had this great, he had this great slide. He's just, just baseball. Did I say basketball? Whatever. He might have played hockey too. Baseball. But he had the most incredible slide. Does anybody remember that the Pete Rose dive? You can go and look that up. He was like this epic dive. So I pulled a Pete Rose a number of times, running to the altar for my life. And it was those, you know, folks in the church that saw me. Some of them had an opinion about me. You're like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's Danny. Yeah, I saw him come in here. He still don't have it all together, you know. And I could tell there was an opinion or something wrong or something was said because you move from the power of God. You listen, there's, there's good conductors of electricity and there's bad conductors. And if in your mind you're offended at somebody or you have an opinion about them, it'll shut down the ability to receive from them in leadership as well as in the anointing. And as I'm moving along and I get to this particular person, lay, lay hands on them, they're like, you know, you can feel the pressure of their necks and moving, moving forward. They're leaning in. And I'm just kind of like, ah. And I don't feel any anointing at all. I'm like, okay, Lord. And it's just like, it's almost like hanging hands on a cinder block. I'm like, I finished praying. I prayed my heart out. And they're like, you know, thanks. You know, where's Dr. Morocco kind of thing? You know, can you, thanks. And they stay and they wait for the next person to come who they perceive to be anointed. Look at number four. Humble yourselves. James 4.10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Verse 11. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks a word against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When, the, when you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment of it. The reason people gossip and slander is so they can look good and feel better about themselves. That's why people gossip and slander. They want to step on somebody else so that they can just feel like better about themselves. I've seen, I've seen people stepped on in competition. There's like a perceived competition between people. And if they could just cut that person out, it's like tripping somebody in a foot race. You want to stay away from people like that. And if you're like that, you can get healed. And I've found this. I've found that I'm a, I'm a big con- confronter. I love confronting. You know why? Because I... Actually, I mean, I don't like confronting, but I can't stand the results of not confronting stuff. So I'm not going to have an elephant in the room. If the elephant's in the room, I'm going to go up and talk to Bobo or Bose, whatever his name is, Bobar or whatever the elephant's name is. Walk in the spirit. What is the name of that elephant? You guys prayed in tongues. Say it again five times. Ready, set, go. Ah, you guys sound like you're filled with the Spirit. Amen. 
do that again. That was fun. What was the name of the elephant? Dumbo. Dumbo. Okay, we got it. <laughs> there is like a bar bar or a bobo or something. Here, you guys settle down over there. Security! <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> walk in the Spirit. Everybody say, walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, live by the Spirit. You'll not gratify the lusts of your flesh, of your fallen human nature. Live by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Fight for that. Fight for that. Listen, don't get out of, if you're having a hard time, I've known people that, 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 that just, and, I, and honestly in my own life too, I don't always do this, but early on when I was really struggling with many, many things, I have more of an abiding now, and, and, but there's times when I wake up and I just have to get up and I get going, and I realize, man, I'm, slow down, hold on, hi, stop, good morning, Lord. <laughs> morning, hey, I love you, Jesus. Uh, take a breath. Pause for a second. Some of you should just, you should just stay in bed until you're filled with the Spirit, then get out of bed. Because you're mean. And some people, they need to be filled with the Spirit and a cup of coffee, Pastor Christian. Amen! No names. Pastor Christian Davis. <clears throat> Commit yourself to build up others. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. I remember Jim LaFoon in the message years ago said, the only way the devil can speak in this church, there's only one way the devil can speak in this house, and it's by using your mouth. And you could feel this ripple just go through the church like, woo, I don't want to let the devil rent my lips. No way. Make a decision to be on God's building crew, not on the devil's wrecking crew. If you can't, come on, your mama said it. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Made my mother sound like she was a trucker there for a second. Don't say anything at all. Come on, say something nice. Build up others. Come on, you ready? Say something nice to the person next to you on the count of three. Ready, set, go. Oh, you look so handsome today. <laughs> Say something nice to the other person next to you. If there's only one person, say it to them again. I'm ready. Hey, I just found out I'm amazing. Tell somebody else. Tell somebody else. Come on, tell someone else something nice about it. You're you guys, amazing. God, you're amazing too. I love how you all flow together. You know what it's like. Oh. Hallelujah. Everybody say, commit yourself to build others up. To build, build up others. All right. Be kind and compassionate and forgiving. Oh. Kind, compassionate, and forgiving. You know, you have to live an ongoing life of repentance. You know, something that's helped me with my mouth and my language, I mean, I, I, actually, God took out the cursor, like, right when I got saved, which was a supernatural event. I don't know how really how that happened. I mean, I, I had a problem cursing, and then I got saved, and, like, I could not, even now, 
If I was to like drop some weights or something on my foot or stub my toe, you know what my, here, here's what comes out of my mouth. And my wife laughs at me. You can ask my kids, it's true. If I hurt myself, I go, come on! That's what comes out. I don't have a series of, you know. My curses, come on! Be kind and compassionate, forgiving one another. And you have to live an ongoing life of repentance. And I, I found as I, as I pray in tongues, I pray in the Spirit a lot. And, uh, and I encourage you to do the same thing. Because your tongue, if you can learn to control that, the man who's in control of his tongue is in control of his entire body. And some of you with lust problems if you, and, and, and issues like that, if you learn to pray in tongues, you get baptized, not learn, you don't learn to pray in tongues, you get baptized in the Spirit and the evidence of that is speaking in tongues. If you'll, if you'll speak in tongues, you'll learn to control your tongue and you'll learn to, you'll learn to control your physical body. And there's something about praying in tongues that, that helps you to not talk stink about other people and be a gossip and slander. Come on, bitter and sweet water should not come from the same well. Lastly, number eight, attempt to undo the damage you've done. What? Yeah. If you've gossiped and slandered about somebody, attempt to undo the damage that you've done. You know, gossip and slander is, it's a, it's a, it's a wicked thing. It's character defamation. It's a destroying, it's, an, it's character assassination. And it's horrible because when people hear that and it gets passed on and passed on, then before you know it, that person is just rejected by people, and, and it might not even be true. Undoing the damage of gossip and slander is, is similar to taking a down pillow and going up to the top of Hatcher's Pass and pulling out your pocket knife and cutting that thing open and ripping it open into the wind and watching all the feathers go all across the valley. So to, to bring... Attempt to undo the damage would be go find all the feathers and correct the story and repent. Jack, you'd be going to Anchorage. You'd be going to Talkeetna. You'd be you know, do some of those things out in the ocean. You'd be in the lower 48, catch the jet stream. Dude, better... Better just not rip the pillow open on the top of Hatcher's Pass. Did you get something? Come on, lift your hands and, and, and let the Lord just touch you tonight. You know, there's so many that are in pain even tonight because of gossip and slander. So many have been wounded because people wanted to feel better about themselves and so they snipered the other person through a lie and spread that. And if you've been the one that has spread lies about someone 
then repent. I preach messages like this so we never have this problem. Do you have it now? I'm not entirely sure. But why would the Holy Spirit tell me to preach it in the midst of prayer and fasting? Repentance and mourning. So we pray and fast as a mourning. It's a being truly sorry, sorrow, godly sorrow for what you've done that was wrong. Maybe you're here and you say, well, I'm not a gossip, but I sure have been stabbed by it. Okay. Well, God can heal you. I said, God can heal you. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. And the moments that remain tonight, exuberance of my zeal and my passion for the Lord at times I've heard people through my tone like I've said things so uh, so strong, too strong, you know, too much heat on it, even in bringing correction, it's not gossip, it's just not being kind, speak the truth one to another in love, in what? In love so you could be someone who speaks the truth without love and you could be hurting a whole bunch of people that's sin also not move beyond gossip I'm just talking about your character Repent if you're convicted about talking about people's gossip and slander. Gosh, I know like 10 people that should have been here tonight. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I know some of you are like, man, that's that one service they should have been to. And they just, I knew they should have been there. Well, you just like, comment, and share on Facebook. And then, you know, don't tag them or anything. And like, was thinking of you. Or go right ahead. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. If you've been hurt, you've been wounded, if your character, you feel like your character has been assassinated, listen, it could be 20 years ago. I've had things that happened to me years ago that I, the wounds that I carried, I don't carry them anymore. And even in saying that, understand that when I preach to you and I pastor you, the messages that I preach, I preach to myself. I'm preaching to myself, too. So I say things like that. I, as a quick check, I'm good. I don't carry any wounds of somebody talking nonsense about me or gossip about me. That just happened in the community before. I grieve over it for about 30 seconds, and I look to confront told the story so many times leader in our church came to me this is years ago and said I heard you think I'm a Jezebel I said oh really I don't think that yes you do that's what I heard I heard that I said well, who'd you hear that from I can't tell you I said oh no game over you'll be telling me because we're going to have a little party right now she goes I'm going to tell you I said yeah you're going to tell me or we can go and talk to our pastor let's go talk to Dr. Morocco about it but we're having it out right now I have to tell you? Yeah, you have to tell me who told you. Well, it was so-and-so. Well, I just happened to see sister so-and-so. 
on the other side of the uh, of the of the pot blessing. I thought she's here. As a matter of fact, she goes, "Yeah." I said, "Let's go." And I took them by the hand and I walked them over to Sister Bucket Mouth, and I said, "Hey." I said, "Hey." Uh, and you should have seen the uncomfortable thing happen right there. They're like looking so. Uh, we were talking and she came and she confronted me about the fact that she knows that I think that she's a Jezebel, which I don't think. And then she said that you said that. Did you say that I said that? She goes, no. She goes, you did too. And I'm like, well, I did. She goes, D I said, did I say that? She says, no, you didn't. I said, that's right. Okay, I'm gonna leave you two alone. You guys worked that out. They worked it out, and they were mature. They, they, I don't know how she heard that. I don't know what happened. One person says, oh, no, you said it. Oh, no, I didn't. And then, you know, you have to agree to disagree or somebody's lying, but all that's going to stand before the Lord. And then you just forgive them. Amen. And then if you keep seeing patterns like that, you might not want to be so close with people like that till they get healed. Boundaries, healthy relationships. If you've been wounded, You've been hurt. I don't care if it was 20 or 30 years ago. And you, you, as a, you heard this message, you're like, oh, yeah, that time. Yeah, man, that was messed up. And you need healing. If, it's, if, you, if you close your eyes and you can feel the pain right now, you need healing. And if that's you, come to the front right now. Just come right now. We're going to pray. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray. Come out from all across this place. you got something happen where somebody spoke about you and it, it undermines your... Come all the way up front. It's all right. Come all the way up front. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.